Hello, today is Friday, January 5th, and welcome to episode 283 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Lester Munson, and I'm joined today by NSI Founder and Executive Director Jamil Jaffer and my fellow Senior Fellow Morgan Vigna. Yesterday in Baghdad, a U.S. drone strike killed three leaders of a terrorist group, Harakat al-Nujaba. Nujaba is backed by Iran and is also part of Iraq's security apparatus. Iraqi Prime Minister Mohammed Shia al-Sudani condemned the U.S. attack. The U.S. use of force was in response to dozens of attacks on U.S. forces over the past couple of months in Iraq and Syria. The Pentagon used the term self-defense to describe the attack. It's notable that this attack also comes exactly four years after the U.S. hit on Iranian General Qasem Soleimani at the airport in Baghdad. Another quick note, uh, amazingly, within a few hours of this attack, bombs went off in Iran at a memorial service for General Soleimani, uh, killing uh, around 100 Iranians. The Islamic State took credit for that. U.S. officials have said it looks very likely that it was, in fact, ISIS that carried out the attack. Jamil, I want to go to you first here. This is going to be your your debut in 2024 here on Fault Lines. We're excited to have you back. Uh, what are your thoughts here uh, with respect to Biden policy in the region and its willingness to kind of meet force with force and perhaps tick up our deterrence posture in the region? Well, look, I mean, it, it's long overdue. I'm glad to see the Biden administration finally taking deterrence somewhat seriously. I do think this is just a tick. It's one strike against one individual. Yes, admittedly, in downtown Baghdad, it is not a nearly as big a strike as Qasem Soleimani, but still an important message by the United States uh, that we're gonna we're not going to take this sitting down. The problem is, for the last three years, we've taken it sitting down. We've taken constant attacks on American soldiers in Iraq and Syria nonstop. We've now seen attacks by Iranian-backed militias, the Houthis, against commercial shipping and American warships in the Red Sea. This just goes on and on and on. And I'm glad, I'm glad that once and for all, the Biden administration is taking action. This can't be the end, though. It can't be one strike that kills one leader and a couple other guys. They've got to keep coming after the Iranian-backed militias. And frankly, they've got to make Iran itself and Iran's leadership pay a real price and stop giving them handouts like they did on the nuclear deal where they cut back sanctions and gave them carrots. This is not a successful policy. It is a failed policy. This claim of integrated deterrence is a joke. It hasn't worked so far. They need to get much more aggressive. This is a good first baby step, but worth worth doing, and I'm glad they did it. Integrate, I got to say, Jamil, integrated deterrence seems really elegant and fancy and <laughs> looks great in like a PhD thesis or something. Has it ever actually worked? No. Okay. Morgan, uh, the, the administration has been concerned about escalation of these various conflicts in the Middle East while the Gaza situation is happening. And they've, they've talked about basically kind of in, in subtext anyway, talked about trying to dampen down on these conflicts around the region. Do you have a concern that the U.S. response here is actually going to escalate conflicts in the region? Look, I don't think it's actually much of a surprise here that I'm in agreement with Jamil. I mean, it's about damn time the United States started killing the bad guys. Um, we have a lot of ground to make up for for here. Since October 17th, we've been hit, what, 115 times or more, and we've responded, what, under 10? I mean, that's shameful. The fact that the United States cannot hit back when... Um, you have Iranian proxies targeting U.S. forces in the region, I think is BS. I mean, 
one of the reasons why Iran continues to attack us and escalate the situation is because they think the United States is weak, right? And so as a result of that, the United States is going to continue to be hit until they push back. You know, as Jamil said, taking out this one terrorist, I think is, is a step in the right direction. But look, we have a lot of a lot of ground to make up for here. And I don't think we're going to in any place to establish our regional deterrence anytime soon. Jamil, the U.S. spent a lot of blood and treasure over the last 21 years um, liberating Iraq from the clutches of Saddam Hussein and uh, bringing goodness and light and democracy and uh, capitalism to that country. Uh, and now we have the prime minister of Iraq, Sudani, condemning the U.S. action there. Uh, the U.S. action is to defend American forces who are there to stabilize Iraq uh, and to give that country freedom. What are your thoughts about U.S.-Iraq policy here? Are we, are we heading to rockier days or is this maybe the first step towards a more sensible policy? I mean, it is crazy uh, that that we're in Iraq, as you pulled out, to stabilize Iraq and help the Iraqi government. And then we have to take out a militia affiliated with the Iraqi government that reports up to the Iraqi army because they're attacking our soldiers. I mean, this is this is crazy. You know, I, I don't think we fully thought through and, and really conceptualized well this creation of an of a Iranian proxy in a whole other nation state in Iraq. Um, you know, when we, when we engaged in the conflict, right? We didn't, we didn't learn what it would do to the Shia Sunni dynamic in the region. We didn't realize what it would do to the, to the uh, relationship between Iraq and, and, and the break that Iraq once played on Iran. Um, and frankly, having, having gone through this, right? We didn't really create an Iraq that was free and independent. We created an Iraq that was just a proxy of Iran because ultimately, while we're still there, We've ultimately abandoned it. They don't think we're there for the long run. We've we've left it behind, just like we left our allies behind in Afghanistan. So it's no surprise uh, that, like our our friends in Afghanistan did, you start to Finlandize over uh, to those who are more powerful, in this case Iran, and have influence uh, when you don't think the U.S. is going to be there to support you. And so, you know, at the end of the day, in a lot of ways, uh, we're at fault, and we because we don't want to engage overseas, because we don't want to lean forward. Um, you know, the the reason you're seeing the world on fire right now is a lack of U.S. leadership. It's not just the Middle East. It's Southeast Asia. Uh, it's the Pacific. And it's Europe. We are failing around the globe because we refuse to lead. We want to look back at home and focus in on home. This is what the world looks like when America is absent. Morgan, uh, this this bombing in, in uh, Iran uh, by ISIS, which killed uh, 100 Iranians, you know, and let's say relatively innocent civilian Iranians, this is a terrorist attack by ISIS in Iran, uh, Iran immediately responded by uh, condemning the U.S. and Israel. Uh, nevertheless, what's what's really going on here is this: uh, there's the Sunni Shia divide is still there in the Middle East. This is kind of underlies a lot of the conflicts we've seen. What are your what are your kind of quick final thoughts here about? how we're never really maybe going to see a Middle East that is perfect for us. And we're, there's always going to be these challenges going forward. And we do have to have a very highly nuanced approach. What are your thoughts? Well, I think we're going to continue to see a challenge and troubled Middle East as long as the United States continues to abdicate leadership in the region. The United States, this administration has specifically sought to leave the CENTCOM area of operations. And prioritize the Indo-Pacific. We have to walk and chew gum at the same time here. The United States right now 
in the Middle East needs to prioritize establishing strategic deterrence against Iran, and that includes supporting Israel in its war against Hamas in Gaza. And I think we need to fully back Israel in this. I think it's no coincidence that Iran is very quick to point fingers at the United States and Israel, understanding that we have the Sunni-Shia dynamic here. I think there are opportunities to exploit that, but we need to really focus on the macro here, and that is reestablishing U.S. leadership. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks so much to Keelan Wolf, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday, January 8th for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard or saw, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.